going to continue in the book of Acts. (laughs) And there's just an underlying theme that I just want to deal with because I actually wanted to talk about um, what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about was being a life or living a life of prayer, which is what our lives should consist of. Can I tell you this, that um, everything that has to do with our relationship with Jesus comes from that one place of prayer. Are you with me? I want to reconstruct your idea of prayer today. Okay, yes, I'm going to do some things. But I just want, I want to look at just a couple scriptures and really just highlights on certain things that I, as I was reading this week, I mean, it's all through. If you look, if you go and highlight the word prayer or they were praying or they were seeking the Lord, just go through the whole book of Acts and see what happens. I'll tell you right now in a couple chapters, and I'm just going to start in, verse, uh, in chapter 10. But it goes, well, it could, we can go from 9 as well. We see Peter. And I'm just going to highlight a few things because I want to just focus because prayer, when we pray, and I wanna, I'll, I'll shift our focus on kind of like focusing on what prayer looks like. How many think they know what prayer looks like? No one raised their hand. That's so crazy. All right, I'm in the right room, I guess, today. No one knows what prayer looks like. Mercy. Chapter 9 of Acts, we see Peter goes into a bedroom to raise someone from the dead, to raise a child from the dead. Okay? And I'm just, I just want you to see what the result of prayer is. Because the result of, of a praying believer should be that people are getting raised from the dead. Okay, I'll dumb it down a little. People are getting filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. People are getting transformed inside themselves because they're spending time. This is what prayer is. I spend time with Jesus. I really don't want to make it anything more than that because if, I, if we start to go, okay, there's warfare prayer, there's, you know, contemplative prayer, there's all that. But I just want you to see that the, the one thing that I want to, want to just kind of focus in on, hone in on, is a hunger and a desire to pray. We have to have a desire to do. And, and as a born-again believer in this room, God gives us he, an open door because the heavens are open. Remember, the prophet says in Isaiah, he said, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And I talked about Luke chapter 4 where Jesus is baptized and the heavens open. And so now we live because Jesus forever making, and we'll touch that later, forever making intercession for us brings us into a positional prayer with him. I want you to imagine Jesus, come on, get visionary with me, get the seer gift flowing. I want you to see Jesus right here praying for this church. I want you to see him praying for the entire region. I want you to see that when we partner with him, powerful things can happen. 
so that we can hear the voice of the Lord because we want to pray with him. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pray my prayers anymore. I want to pray with the Lord. I want to pray with what he's doing. So we, we just go back to these things, and I just want to touch on a couple things. I just want you to see that in here we see that you know, Peter comes out of the room. He says, he knelt down and prayed in verse 40 in chapter 9. He knelt down and prayed. Kneeling isn't praying. He knelt down and prayed. Something other than kneeling was prayer. I don't mean to be facetious, but we, we think of certain postures. And let me just say this. As our hearts are before the Lord in this place and in this, this uh, sanctuary as we worship the Lord, I want our hearts to be free to worship the Lord as God speaks to us, okay? To worship him in spirit and in truth. And that means your expression might be different than someone else's expression, so don't quench someone else's expression with your own stuff, Okay? Because I want freedom in this place. I know the Lord desires freedom in, in, in places of worship. Yeah. And so we just want to give place to the Lord having an open room. Come on, I want to say that the Lord has the room. Yeah. And when I say that the Lord has the room, that means you're in the room yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. You want to you continue to partner with the Lord in what we do and what we say that is in alignment with what the Lord is doing in the room. So I'm just going to show you this. He says to, to Tabitha to arise. He raises the girl from the dead. And then he goes up and he has a vision on a roof. And it wasn't about what he was going to eat. It was about the power of the Holy Spirit coming to the Gentiles. So I'm just going to just kind of jump on that for a minute because here's, here's the deal. We, we, want, we want God to come, but we think he comes in our own parameters. And when I go to pray, I think he, Jesus has a certain way he wants me to pray. I believe that. But I'm telling you, in our own minds, we have to go to the word of God and see what the word says about praying and what prayer looks like. So I'm going to just, I want to hit the book of Acts, and then I'm going to go to the book of Revelation, because as we look throughout the book of Acts, there is constant prayer happening. Everyone say with me, prayer. prayer. And it, there is something about the first church that rose out of, after the resurrection of Christ, after he ascended, that came to the earth, and they were filled with faith to believe that when they prayed, they were praying with the Lord. Because now they had the comforter. They had the Holy Spirit. He was the one that was going to direct and teach and guide. Jesus is the director. Holy Spirit is the one who dictates how we pray. I'll try it over here. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the way. He dictates. He shows us. The Bible says that he shows. See, there's a reason that Jesus came to the earth as a man. And we go back to John 5, 19. 
I always go back to this because it gives us this model where he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only speak. He only does what, G- what the Father says. So if Jesus is the model listening to what the Father's saying, who do we need to listen to? The Father. But now Jesus is in heaven forever bringing intercession. I say this because I just want you to see as we continue to progress through the book of Acts that it's constant prayer, intercession. And if intercession and prayer bores you, you need to ask the Lord about it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. Because we, 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 we defer the prayer meeting to come to the big meeting. I'm not, I'm not even talking about prayer on Wednesday. I'm talking about prayer meetings in general. The church doesn't show up. I will show you here in, the book of, in, in chapter 12 when Peter's just woken up. He's woken up by an angel in prison. And it's because the church was praying. It wasn't because they were having a massive campaign out in an open field with some evangelist that was star. You understand what I'm saying? They had a prayer meeting at someone's house to see that Peter, basically their leader, was going to get set free. Or they were believing for it. Right? So Acts chapter 12, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was on the people that day, and they were praying, believing. Let's just go there. I just want you to see, because Acts chapter 10 just speaks about, listen, here's the deal. The the Lord wants to come to every people group. It's not just a Jewish thing. It's an everybody thing. And don't call common what God has never called common. Okay, so we have to believe that for every, this 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 is what crushes racism. It should crush racism. That the Holy Spirit would come and just destroy it. And that a people, that the church would be the forerunner that would break the power of any segregation that would happen. And that all people would be filled. The Bible says that that Peter preached and then then they just got filled before they were even, before he was even done speaking that they were filled with the power of God, crying out, what must we do to be saved? So what I'm saying tonight is prayer is essential. The Lord is praying for me. Right here, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So we have to have this perspective that the Lord is here. The Lord is praying for already what you need He already knows. He already knows what has to happen for you tomorrow. And listen, he is looking for a church that is without mixture so that he can pour out his spirit without measure. And every one of us here can say, what what does mixture look like? What does mixture look like in your life? Yeah, okay. Got a long way to go. Chapter 12, verse 5 says, Peter was therefore kept in prison. Right? Says, Herod, this is a crazy story. This whole chapter is a crazy story. 
And look at me, it's a real life story. It's not just a story that we refer to. It's, it's, it's life and what life looks like in the kingdom. And it says that Herod was just all over it. He was trying to persecute the church. And uh, Peter gets locked up. And it says what? But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. How many of the church in this building? I got one hand. Come on. It's interactive here tonight. Come on. How many, is the church, how many of the church in this building? You are the church. And it says this, that they, they can, it was a constant prayer. And so what does that look like for us? What does constant prayer look like? That means that any time we gather for prayer, we should be packing it out. I'm just saying. I am. I'm just saying. And, and here's the deal. I believe that the power that is reflected in how the church is expressing itself at this time is reflected in its prayer life. And you're saying, well, I don't have to show up for, for corporate meetings. No. But it, it, it says that they were together and they were praying. So it does mean, and this looks just like a house. So there's no excuse. We got the living room right there and the kitchen right there, you know? The living room is the prayer room. So I'm just encouraging people in this place that God wants to do something explosive, right? Like we're watching right here. We're just going to tune into this, this one thing and see how explosive God is. Because when the church is praying, explosive things happen. Oh, you don't have to hype it up. No, I don't because God is way going to shock your mind better than I can. And I'm believing that God is going to do some things that shake the church, that shake the world. He's got to shake the church first to shake the rest of the world. And so this is what I was talking about, Acts chapter 17, that won't go out of my mind, verse 6, where it says, oh no, these who came and causing all this trouble, they're shaking up the whole city, they're here too. The problem is we're a diluted version of that. I'm just calling it as it is tonight, okay? I really believe that the Lord wants to make the church into a powerful weapon in the earth. To, break, to eradicate darkness, to eradicate sin, to eradicate it. But we've got to get locked in with Jesus. And so, so it goes in, and Peter's in this situation. He gets locked up. It says that he's chained between two soldiers. And the guards, the guards are at the door before him where the, at, they were keeping the prison. And now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. And the light shone in the prison. How many know it wasn't lights on or torches in the prison? It was the angel that was bringing light, right? Because where, where supernatural things happen, illumination begins to happen, <coughs> and God begins to open things up so that we can see him in proper perspective. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the only thing about having this thing right here is you can't get rid of it. 
so then the command comes. He says he raised, raised him up. Ready? Peter's sleeping. Now, I just want you to see. He's basically in a stupor. He's passed out. First of all, sleeping in jail, he's doing all right. Lord, give him peace. Yeah, he's at peace. He's totally out. And so here we go. And it just says that, it says, and the light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side. And it literally is this, this tone of, he smacked, he smacked Peter. He struck him hard. Whack. It's not a little tap. It's a hit. Like, wake up, and let's go. And that's what it literally is, okay? And raised him up and saying, arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. And we're believing for, you know, us to get free from, you know, whatever. Put it on, um, put it on the blank. You know, God can free you in a moment. When you're in a praying church, something should happen. And when, you're, when your life is filled with prayer, things begin to happen. And so this is, I'm not, listen, I'm not putting any heavy weight on anyone tonight. I want to provoke you to pray. I want to provoke your life to a deeper dimension with the Lord. Because really, that's all it is. It's all about just getting with him. And you're like, well, you know, I don't need to do religious duties. No, no, God is calling you aside to himself. And if you think it's a religious duty, then you need to get saved. Oh, sorry. No, seriously. I feel like the Spirit of God is wanting the church to rise up in a posture of prayer that has been insurmountable. And so we see this, and I'm just going to continue to just hit this quick because there's other scriptures that I need to hit. So the story goes, right? Peter gets set free. He gets loosed. He goes from one place to another. The gates open for him. Like the whole thing is a supernatural escape. Go look up the testimony of Brother Yoon. Oh, it's the same exact story. He's in a cell. The door opens. The angel's like, go. He's like, what? There's a guard out there. He goes, don't worry. He won't see you. And he gets up and he starts walking. And he walked right down the whole place. And then the last, the last gate opened up and someone was there to pick him up. Because someone sent someone to pick him up. In the Chinese jail. Locked up for his faith because you're making too much of a mess. You're stirring stuff up. You're one of those in Acts 17, verse 6, or whatever it is. It's that you're causing all kinds of problems. We need to lock you up. And so here we go. We live in America. We got perfect freedom, but we don't do a, a whole lot. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just going to say a few things today, okay? Here we go, and I want us to just be in a posture where God is like filling us with hope and life. Because here's the thing, you have to be hungry for prayer. You must be hungry for it. You must be hungry to spend time with the Lord. And, and, and I know most of us in this room, we struggle with time. Time. But Jesus is way above time. Right? You, if you set, listen, if you posture, Lord, it was so funny. It was interesting when, when Danny was sharing. He said, I, I just want to, I'm going to give one hour just to win souls. One hour a day just to go out and ask people this question. Can I talk to you about Jesus? So listen, 
I think when the Lord is like, he's postured here in this one spot. I'm just saying right here. He likes this church, you know? He likes Grace Assembly too. But he, he likes this church, right? He likes every church. He wants to see every church flourish. He wants to see every believer increase. He wants to see every one of us flourish in the kingdom. And so he, he, he gives us this offer. Will you come to me? All you who are heavy laden and you think you don't have time. Will you come to me? Because there's always this offer just to come. And I, as I... As I go and the Lord gives us a, an opportunity to come before him and be with him, that's the most precious thing that we could ever get. Like that the Lord, the king of glory, wants to, he wants to share things with me. No, I'm here to raise your faith tonight. Because it's not about, it's not about I got to do something to get something. No, I hate that. It's this perfect posture that the Lord wants us to be in. Like, here I am. Come be with me. That's the cry of Song of Solomon. Listen, come away with me. Never mind anyone else. Just come away with me. And I'll give you rest. I'll take care of every situation. And some of the situations won't come to get taken care of right away, but I'm there taking care of them before you even understand and know it. Do you understand this? And so I just want us to look at Peter, right? You have the church that is passionate and praying. And really, all of a sudden, the answer to prayer shows up at the door. And they don't even open the door. She doesn't even open the door. He comes running down the hill, and he's like, here I am. And we don't even, and we do this all the time. The answer to prayer is right there at the door. And we don't even discern. It's the answer to prayer. I'm telling you that's for someone in this room today. We don't realize that God has already answered the prayer. And we don't open the gate to it because we don't believe it. We think it's, no, that's my imagination. That can't be real. No, God wants us to be in a posture where we expect Ready? So we have to hunger and thirst for the Lord. Like you have to have this deep desire. I'll talk about the groan in a minute. There has to be a groan. There has to be a groan in the church. Lord, let there be a groan in this place that cannot be stopped, that can't be quieted, that can't be squelched. Lord, let there be a groan. That's my prayer is that there will be a groan within me. Because if there's just a groan within me and Lisa and the team, then you all will just get sucked into it. I know it. But the Lord is doing it. He's, it's already at the door. It's already there. It's, we're already open. We're living in such a beautiful time where God is pouring out his, sea, his spirit in such a beautiful way. The same glory that was here Friday night is here again tonight. The thick, weighty presence. And you can't make this stuff up. I can see it by the Spirit, and maybe you can't, but that's all right. God does it so I can. And we have to be in a posture where, listen, we see, and then we open the gate. Because here's what happened. It was, it was Rhoda, right, who, who got and looked at the, 
You know, it was like, and they thought it must be his angel. So let's just look at our, angel, our, our, our theology on angels just in this one chapter. Okay? First of all, they come in power. They loose you from bonds. I know we always think it's just Jesus, but I've watched angelic stuff happen in a room where I've watched brain, like the Lord just rewire people's minds. And it was through angels. You know, the Lord can do whatever he wants. You just gotta be open to it. Right? Secondly, we see that they think whoever was at the door was Peter's angel. So that leads me to believe that my angel might look at like me. And your angel might look like you. It's chapter 12. Go look at it. No, because they wouldn't. Let me just tell you this. I have to stop. And I'm not praying for angels to come. I want Jesus to come. But if the Lord always has angels in this place. You know, people that have testified of getting delivered out in the parking lot after we were two weeks open by an angel. That's okay. Let it come however it comes, Lord Jesus. Amen? But here's the deal. I believe this, that the Lord is asking us, God, what are you believing? Like I pulled that feather out last week. You know? May have tweaked some people the wrong way. I don't, you know, I don't care really. I don't. Because here's, here's what goes on. God shows up in powerful and he manifests himself. He, 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 he will manifest his agents physically to encourage his people. And the Bible says that angels are actually looking around to see what the heirs of salvation are doing. Like they're checking in on us. This has nothing to do with prayer. But it does. Because I want to ask you, what are you believing for? What are you believing from, for God from? Like, where are you, what's your posture? Like, if you encounter the Lord, multiple things could happen in one moment. If you encounter the Lord Jesus in this place, and I'm believing that the Lord will manifest himself in days to come, could be even tonight. I have a promise because he already met me in the front aisle over here and told me some things that will, will freak you out. And he wants you to believe for those things. He wants me to believe for those things. So when fire comes through the room and the fire of his presence comes, it comes because we've prayed. And we've prayed with him. And we've believed with him and we come into alignment with him. And there's such a, a necessity of being so close to the Lord in the spirit and the Holy Spirit working inside of you that we're able to steward what God does in the next season. Are you hearing me? Listen, and I'm talking about a service, but I'm also talking about your life. Because you have to, when God comes into, you, into your room and begins to speak to you, these are the things that he wants to speak. He wants to direct you. Do you know that he wants to just speak to you clearly and make it plain and not make it a mystery? But the problem is we don't know our love language with God. Most of us don't know how God speaks to us. 
I'm, I'm, I'm being absolutely honest. Most of my life has been trying to figure out how God communicates to me. Because when he communicates, he communicates clearly. If, if I have a, a mind that's being spiritual and not carnal. Good point, brother. Carnal. No, because we get so, we are so on another plane and on another dimension, we don't hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Do you hear me? You got to hear my heart because I, I am believing that God is coming through here with a wave of fiery presence. It's the spirit of burning and judgment. What's the judgment? The judgment's that, that we can discern what's going on in our hearts. The judgment is I'm able by the Holy Spirit to look into my heart and say, that's got to go, that's got to go, that's got to go. You've made me righteous, so none of that stuff belongs. And so my life is burning for that. Like your identity in Christ is dependent upon who he is and what the blood already did. Right? So that you live as a new creation. Not as, we have got this mistake that the blood came to clean me up. I'll let that sit. While you are washed by the blood, and you're, it's, it was your sin that was washed away. But now you're a new creation. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But you're not unrighteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. We're confused about a few things. I can feel it in the atmosphere. Because truth has to come and really become a reality to us. Because we think that because of what we do, that, that's going to get me good in front of the Lord. And the Lord will manifest himself if I do all the right things and I'm, I'm totally perfect. And we just heard on Friday <laughs> that that is not true. And I know that through my life and through talking with certain people and being in back rooms, I know that there's messed up stuff that goes on and people are still used by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God is wanting to touch his people. It doesn't matter really who's, who the vessel is. He'll use an ass. I said it in church. Right? He will use a donkey. And that means I'm qualified. No, seriously. Because most of the time we think, oh, it's the perfect vessel that he's going to flow through. Let me tell you. And I, and I don't, and I don't let me, I'm not disregarding God walking, working righteousness and cleansing and the sanctification of the Holy Spirit because that must happen. That must happen. But I'm saying, listen, if you're waiting to have an, a, a, an encounter with Jesus based on what you do and how you do things, I'm telling you, you're messed up in your thinking, and God wants to shift that thinking, okay? God wants to train you in righteousness, not in unrighteousness. Oh. What am I doing now? There's a groan that has to take place, right? There's a groan. There's a groan that releases fire, and there's a groan that releases a commissioning, and... Um, 
I just want you to see that the spirit, I got notes everywhere. What is happening? There is a, a place where the Holy Spirit wants to bring us. I want you to go to Hebrews. Go to chapter 7. And I want you, before I just get going in, in Hebrews 7, because, and, and we'll jump back a couple chapters too, but there's this whole concept of us being a, a new priesthood. Uh, you know, it talks about the, the order of Melchizedek here. And I'm not sure if it was Jesus. It had no lineage. I don't know who it is. It's still a mystery to me. I'm not going to make a, 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 any, any dis decision on who he might be other than I know he comes as a model to show us and Jesus was called in the order of Melchizedek. So if he's called in an order, that means that's not him technically. But there's, there's a lot of things that, that show that it might be him. But in the same note, you're called into the same priesthood. What does that mean? That means the eternal priesthood. That means this priesthood of ministering before the Lord. What is prayer? You minister to the Lord. Well, I thought I had to come with my list. I thought I had to do the, you know, my tongues for warfare first. And, and listen, there's all kinds. I'm not going to, like, make any type of, you know, pattern. But I do know this, that the Lord is just looking to get with you. And if we just simplify the, the fact that the creator of the universe is calling you first thing when you open your eyes to come to him. And he wants to, like, download your day. Like, wouldn't you get through life? I think I would get through life a whole lot better if I knew exactly what I was going to get for the rest of the day. And I'm not saying that the Lord has to reveal all that stuff because he says that my spirit's in you and my spirit will abide with you. So you have the Holy Spirit with you to help you along the journey and to discern. But you have to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. In the spirit. Not in the flesh. In the spirit. No, I say this because we're, most of us are in the flesh. Listen, you get news on something, you go right in the flesh. I know, it's just me. It's just your pastor that happens to. But the rest of us are holy and sanctified. We don't ever have any flaws. But I'm telling you tonight that God wants us to be ones that communicate with the Lord. And that have a, like, we're in the place where he's sitting. Do you understand? And I'm, I'm, I'm making it like that uh, intense because I believe that he wants you kneeling with him. Or standing with him. I just said kneeling wasn't praying. But kneeling is praying. But you know what I'm saying? So there's so many things that God wants to unfold for us here. And I just want you to, I'm going to hit a couple of verses, but it says this. Here's, here's Jesus in 724. It says, but he, 
because he continues forever. Everyone say forever. forever. Now something stumped me when Danny said Acts chapter, what was it, 3 verse 21. Said the, all things are kind of retained until the, no, I got to go there. I got to go there. Hold on. I just want you to see. He's like, oh, I'll leave this for Miles to fix on, you know. Yeah. And he left it for me, but I'm, and I'm taking it, okay? But it was um, 21, right? Well, let's just go back to 19. Acts chapter 2 and verse 3 and verse 19. Repent, therefore, be converted, right? That your sins may be blotted out. So the times of refreshing, and I liked how he re- 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 went back to that and said revival, so that the outpouring of God can come may come from the presence of the Lord. Where does, where, does the, where does the outpouring of God come? From the presence of God. That means when revival's here, when the outpouring's happening, we don't need to push for a breakthrough. When, when there is an outpouring, when the God is absolutely pouring out his spirit, we don't have to push in and we don't have to break through and we don't have to rev everyone up. We don't have to do stuff to push us into a, a breakthrough. Okay? Breakthrough's in the room. There's like the spirit of God in the room and you don't have to coerce anyone to do anything. And don't get me wrong, you get all kinds of people coming in and sometimes hearts aren't set in place, but it shouldn't be a place where we have to bust people in and push people through and I, I got to kick down the gates of hell. No. The Lord's in the room and he does it. Like the Lord is there to kick everything out of the room that doesn't need to be in the room and break us in. Anyway. I'm getting stuck on that. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken from the mouth of the holy prophets since the world began. What is he saying? So here's, here's what Jesus did when he was on earth. He fasted. He prayed. He did the works of God. He fasted, he prayed, he did the works of God. As a matter of fact, he fasted and prayed, and he did miracles. He fasted and prayed, saw healing. He spent time with his father, and things opened up and broke open. He spent time with Jesus I mean, with the Father, and things begin to break open in regions. He also went to his hometown and couldn't heal but a few sick people. And that was the Lord. So I say this because here, as I'm going to go into some of this stuff in Hebrews, I want you to see that he was positioned in prayer ever since he hit the earth. Like as soon as his ministry started, and I'm sure before he was 30, he learned to position himself in prayer and the word and the reading of the Torah, scripture, 
the prophets. Okay? So I just want us to listen. We want to meditate, and I'm not dictating anything for your life of prayer. But God is calling this place, this place to be a sanctuary where we minister before the Lord and we minister to the Lord and nothing else matters. You know, some of the things that people used to say in the old building, hopefully it still applies here, is that they would come in and no one cared about them. They would come in the back of the building. I remember Bobby Talbot saying, he goes, the best thing about the place is that we'd come in and no one even paid attention to us. They were just, everyone was like this, to the Lord. And we want that to continue. Not that we don't care about people, but, you know, compassion doesn't flow unless you're touching Jesus. It tends to be warped and sick if it's not from Jesus. Okay? So the Holy Spirit wants us to live in this place of, of tension with the Lord. So that we, when we seek him, we find him. So verse 24 in chapter 7 of Hebrews. Because he continues forever as an unchanging priest, unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he's also able to save to the most to the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Everyone can just go, ah. That should really, because really, in, in when I read that, like it's all set. It's all done. The Lord is already making intercession for us. Listen, the victory is already at hand, and he's just looking. Listen, he's just looking. He forever makes intercession for us, but he's looking for us to partner with him. Like, when I think of prayer, I need to come to the end of myself because I think of all the things I can do to keep myself busy. Right? And so all the technology should go out the window. I'm sorry, but it's, it's what... I need to do to function. I can't function with it. I might use the iPad because it's not connected. No one can call it, you know, whatever. I got it shut off, so no one messes with that. But you know what I'm saying? There has to be a place where you get this place of serenity with the Lord, where you meet with him. And I love this because if he's forever, he's making intercession for me, for you. This is like the best news you could have heard all day. That he is already praying for you. He's praying for us right now. Like he's at the throne of grace. He already made the way through his flesh, a new and living way. We won't ever leave that. Right? The new and living way that gets us to the Lord. That I don't have to break through into something else. No, he already did it. So let's just jump backwards to chapter 5 and verse 7 because I want to touch this. So just verse 5 actually I'll start with because it does talk about Melchizedek but I'm just going to include it all because it's, it's the proclamation of the son. Okay? So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest. But it was he who said to him, you are my son, I have begotten you. 
And he will also say in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Right? So Melchizedek was this mystical priest. I can't go there. And then it says this in verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications. That means those are two different things. Prayers and supplications. And I love this. With vehement cries. Now stop there for a minute. Because that vehement cry, the vehement is actually a power word that we see all through the New Testament. And it's a powerful cry. It actually changes things. It transforms. It moves things. It's powerful. So with vehement cries and tears from him who was able to save him from death was heard because of his godly fear. Meaning what? Here's what happens when you partner with Jesus. We pray in the fear of the Lord. We listen. We, we, when the Lord begins to speak things, it should shake you. I mean, we get a lot of people popping up and wanting to do quick videos on the Lord said this, the Lord said that. You know, most of the stuff that I've experienced shook me. So when I encounter the Lord, when I have an encounter with, the, with Jesus, when I pray and God, if he can drop one word or one phrase to me or you, what happens? I don't know about you, but I come undone. Like a couple words from the Lord... And they can be the most simple things. Wrecks me. And what he wants to do is he wants to speak those things to you. He's just waiting for an opportunity. (laughs) See, we we read those quick verses in Acts, right? And it goes all through the book of Acts. Like they are on fire. They're praying. It says that the, the word of God prevailed. Like it was like on. There was no quenching what God was doing. And then around 70, 80, 90 AD, we have John who has a revelation with the Lord Jesus, and the church has gone amok. It's gone astray because he's go, he says, I have this against you. And he starts talking to the churches and saying, you've lost your way. There's only one church, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. (laughs) The church of brotherly love that loves everyone. They're the only ones that didn't get reprimanded. So he comes to the churches in Asia Minor and begins to unload some stuff. And he says, listen, in in chapter 3 and verse 20, he says, after he encourages them to come back to their first love, he says, the Bible says that he's at the door knocking trying to get in and so I say that here we are at 2023 and I know that God is doing powerful things just here in America just here right now he's doing powerful things but I'm telling you I am that guy that it's just not enough it's just not enough you, you can get comfortable with that I don't get comfortable with that if anything that puts the fear of the Lord in me not to strive But to have my heart just go, God, would you come? 
would the Maranatha cry come back to my heart that I would say, Lord Jesus, will you come to this place? Will you come to my house? Would it be like Obed-Edom where everything would flourish? Like the presence of the Lord would be there. Just drop the ark in my house. So that everything that touches it is blessed. Right? And then I don't get stuck in some weird like, oh, we're doing okay. You know, America's going to be all right. No, no, no. God, it's an opportunity for the church to just go in with God. And I know he knocks. He knocks. And he wants to come in to a deeper way into our lives. But it says this, that because of godly fear, like what's my fear in the Lord? Like what happens when God shows up and shakes you? What is it? What is it that will shake us? What is it that the Lord can say one thing and just it would make you tremble? Because he wants to say that to you. He wants to speak that to you. He wants to speak words. But it says here that he came with this powerful cry. There was a cry in his heart. And what was that? It was to do the will of the Father. Because if we look at this as we go on, it says, through Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience. Look at, look at, look at, look at your name and say, you get a break. You're going to learn obedience. No, seriously, this is super good. Like God opens up for us an opportunity to learn obedience. Where does obedience, where do we learn obedience? In prayer. Did that hit anyone? Where do we learn obedience? I learn obedience because I'm in the presence of the Lord. I learn obedience because my life is given over. And I say, God, not your will, because he taught me to pray that prayer. Let your kingdom come, your will. What does God's will look like on earth that's in heaven for you? And you cannot find that out by strolling through Instagram. I don't care what good preacher's on there. You can't find that out. You cannot. You can't find it out by, by studying all kinds of things outside of Scripture. You can't. You know, so the Holy Spirit wants us to be in this place where we learn obedience by the things which he uh, suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who what? Obey. Called by God as a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Meaning, what is Paul? Might be Paul. I always do this. But what's, what's, the, what's being said? Listen, you're not hearing. You can't, I can't even talk to you about Melchizedek. You don't even have the things that come in obedience to suffering. This is what the, this is what the author's saying. Right? God wants to open things up, but we're dull of hearing. 
So God wants to open us up into a whole new place. Go to Romans chapter 8. Here's what happened this week. (coughs) Yeah, well. Here's what happened this week. Went to to a, a pastor's meeting at the Send. It was in a Framingham, and it was really, really, really powerful. And I'll just say this. The evening meeting was so intense. But the, um, I think what I came out with it, from with it, was this. We're living in a big world, guys. And sometimes we get pigeonholed. We get like so pigeon, like pin needle focused on this, like the little things. And I want you to open up your heart because God has so much he wants to do in and through you that you've just got to start to dream with him. Yes. And as a, as, a, as a ministry, we just want to dream with the Lord. Yeah. But there's, this, there's, there's something that has to happen, right? I said this before. There's a groan, which is going to ignite a fire in you. And then, it, then ultimately at the end, it's going to commission you to do something. Because I feel like when God shows up, he doesn't just do something just to do it for the sake of doing it. I feel like he always comes with a commissioning for you. And what does that mean? That means God is always missional. Because you get a co-mission, so you have a mission. Right? And, and so the Spirit of God wants us to just really tap into this. Because here's what you want to hear by the Spirit. And I'm just going hit, to hit these few scriptures here, but... There is things that he wants to reveal to you that have everything to do with your future. You just have to listen. Everyone's trying to hear the voice of the Lord. And it's literally a lack of time. You okay? Because the Lord has things he wants to open wide for us. But the Holy Spirit is just drawing. Listen, when you hear the Holy Spirit drawing you, respond. If you're having a tug of war about one thing or another, showing up at some spot or not, agree with what's contending, you know, disagree with what's contending against you. Because usually there's a blessing on the other side. Yes, that is so true. I'm telling you, every time you try to resist or you're like, you second guess, I'm telling you the Spirit of God wants to speak to you clearly and open your heart. So Romans chapter 8. Verse 20, for the creation was 
subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption. That's really good. Into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now, together, until now. Not only that, but we also, even ourselves, groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. <laughs> for why does not one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now let's just stop there. Listen, the Lord is praying, the Holy Spirit is releasing prayers that are according to the will of God for your life. How many want to partner with the Holy Ghost? I mean, if... If, you're get, if, we, if we continually are bored with prayer, repent. I'm just saying. That's not to make you feel bad because I see some faces. That's not to make you feel bad. Repent. What does repent mean? That means I change my direction. That means I don't do that anymore. I don't whine about, oh, God, it's too hard. It's not too hard. It's not too hard. And the Holy Spirit wants a people that are consumed with meeting him. I'm not even going to say prayer. Meeting him. The Holy Spirit wants you to meet with him and desire him and see him. So there's some things, and I just started writing random things down, and I'm just like, God, I don't know. What does prayer even look like? What is it supposed to be? The Bible right here says that the Spirit's going to help us with intercession. So all I want to do is get myself from here grounded in whatever they were doing in the book of Acts. Because the Bible, it really talks about, right, that they were all together, they would, they would fellowship, they would do communion, they would meet together, Fellowship, pray, and go according to the apostles' doctrine. What were the apostles' doctrine? I'll say there's some basic things. The blood of Jesus, the remission of sin, the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection of Christ. It wasn't like a thousand things that we get all stuck on our theology now. It was some basic things that there was always power in. And I'm not even, that's, that's not exhaustive, okay? But I'm telling you, water baptism is one of them. 
you know? The fire of the Holy Spirit was probably one. How does God baptize people? I don't know. We just call for fire. Well, when you're filled with fire, fire comes. So I just wrote a couple things down. You can just write them down if you want, if you don't, fine. But here's the thing. I just, there's keys to living in this life of prayer. One, I pray with Jesus. That was the first one I've been banging the whole day. Keep striking the, the ground. But I, what is prayer? It's being with the Lord. It's like reflecting on my day with the Lord. It's giving him my first fruits of my day. It's just being available for the Lord to talk to me whenever, however he wants to. It's just that. It's simple. Am I making it difficult? Okay. Listen to the Lord. That's number two. <laughs> Listen to the Lord. I'm saying that now because if I go to be with the Lord, I don't go and give him a list. I don't think I ever prayed. Like, I used to pray like that. God, I need, we need this, that, 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 that. He knows what I need. This is like last week when we were praying up front. Like people kept bringing like personal prayers. I, I'm, again, I'm not against it. But I know this. The Lord knows what we have need of. Doesn't it say that in the scripture? He knows what we have need of. As a matter of fact, if we have all empty baskets, he's going to fill them. Sylvia is going to figure that out. There's going to be so much that God pours over in just us listening, just sitting and listening to him. And I will by no means say that I'm an expert at this, but I'm learning. And God wants us to stop and listen. A lot of us, all we do is talk. I'll walk this way and say that. A lot of us, all we do is talk. And God is saying, come, just wait and listen to me. Because I am telling you, the revelation, the revealing of himself that comes from that one posture, I posture myself, I sit with, that was, ready, the third thing, pray in accordance to this. I don't pray in accordance to something else. I don't pray in accordance to any other book. Is this book and the author that's over my shoulder or in me looking at this word as I meditate on scripture, it should come alive and according, and, and, and just as I, I said here, praying according to his will. According to his will. That's the groan that begins to come out of whoever you are. But there's someone inside of you that's designed by the Spirit of God. <laughs> Let me just say this. I'm not saying we're dual personalities, but listen, sometimes we act like it. But the person inside, the person of the Holy Spirit that's sanctified by the Spirit inside of you is, is desiring to find the will of the Lord, desiring to hear the Word of God. Desiring, how do I listen? I listen with this. 
John Paul always taught us, this is how I hear the Lord. He would have all kinds of wild visions and crazy stuff that would happen, but the Lord would speak through the word. And so when we come under the word, when we come under this, wow. Old Testament knew all of it. All of it, every word. Nothing in this book is written ever in vain. It was all, it's all anointed. It's all been infused with God himself. This is what this is. I sometimes think we don't believe that. So I have to have a hunger for that. Desire it. And then believe that God is going to supply what we have faith for. Faith comes by hearing. Oh, I just said that. And hearing by the word of God. So if I'm going to hear, I need to zip it. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. And not that we don't, we don't convey our thoughts to the Lord because they are important to the Lord. You hearing me? You hear? Just hear me with within context. The Lord, it's our. What's going on inside is important to the Lord. He wants to know, like David. You read the Psalms, you see that he's crying out in the midst of tragedy. All throughout the Psalms, you see David just continually pouring his heart out, good, bad, indifferent, all to the Lord. So there is a. There are times when we're called to do that. But I'm telling you, you want to hear God. We quiet ourselves. We allow him to come. We allow him to speak. We allow him to begin to settle things in our spirit. Because the Bible says, in what I just read in Romans 8, that he's, he's, he's the one. He's the one that conveys the spirit. Like my life has to come into alignment with what the spirit of God is saying. Am I saying that well? It, because I'm telling you, we have things, concepts in our mind that aren't the word of God, that have nothing to do with the Lord. And we think it's God. And it's not God. Are you all right? And there has to be a desire in your innermost being for truth. Like, God, I want the truth. Everything truth. I want truth in my inner man. Because I can deceive myself. Into thinking that my wants is God want is what God wants. Maybe not. Do you hear me? What's God's doing? What, what's the Lord doing? When we're walking as, as children of God, submitted to Him, this, and this, and I'll end with these three things. Because I feel like the Lord wants to ignite faith. And, well, excuse me. He wants to desire a hunger. He wants to impart a hunger tonight. All right? He wants to release a hunger on your life. He wants to release a hunger. Because desire, desire is what brings me to him. <laughs> no man can come to him let the spirit draws. And are you praying, Holy Spirit, draw me. Draw me after you. Are you praying that prayer? That should be at the top of the list. God, I desire to desire. Yes. 
<laughs> oh, I just feel like saying some stuff. No, because I think you, we look, we have this conception, mis, you know, misconception about even people up here, like, oh, they ha- they're just always on. They're always locked in. They're always zoned in. I will tell you contrary. I will tell you that 20 minutes before I left the house, I had nothing to share. No, literally, I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Like, I have all week, and you still? I'm just telling you. This is truth because sometimes, sometimes I got a laser beam, sometimes I'm on, sometimes I'm right at it. Sometimes it's just open your Bible, Miles, trust me. And I don't even have, like, like me, I like everything. I like it lined up. I like to have a full page of notes. I haven't had a full page of notes in months, but that's besides the point. The truth is, God is wanting you to come into this position. Ready, God, I desire. I'm asking for desire. I'm asking for heavenly passion. I'm asking, Lord, that I would have a hunger that is supernatural, that can't be shut out, and that everyone in this place, I pray that, Father, just a, a fire of hunger would come through here. And that's not to get you to come to all the prayer meetings and the Bible studies. That's not it. That's not it. If you're thinking that, that's wrong. But we want you at those things. I'll end, I'll end with that. Because I'll get in trouble if I don't. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. And there's things. You think about the secret place thing that we're going to go through. God wants to pull us into the secret place. It is his mission to pull this church into a secret place position with the Lord. And that will birth mission in your life. Because we try to go mission and try and fit God in. Are you hearing me? Churches do it all the time. We got God on the side and we got plenty to do. Number two, God wants to infuse you with faith. What does that mean? He wants you, as, you, as you're believing that you're going to receive hunger, as he begins to pull you into a, a deeper relationship with himself, he's, he wants you to have faith. He wants you to believe, believe 100% that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. What does that mean? That means when he speaks a word to you, when he speaks a word. Let's not get confused. Again, I want to just go back. The Lord wants to speak a word and then release something to you, and he wants you to have faith to step into it. Faith to step into it. Faith to be completely overtaken by it. So there's hunger, there's this insatiable faith. Where does the faith come from? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? 
but also faith comes by you stepping into a, a realm that you are not comfortable with. And that is God's realm. Because most of us are not comfortable in the kingdom realm. Most of us are not comfortable in the supernatural realm. And I'm not talking about doing signs and wonders and all that. I'm talking when God is speaking, you have to be able to interpret what he's saying and then go for it. And God's teaching everyone. And, and, and I can tell you, in this row, God probably speaks four, three or four different ways to different people. Sometimes it's by dreams. I'll say all the time it's by the word. It can come through word drops in, in prayer. Right? I mean, there's multiple ways that God can speak to you. He can give you visions. He can give you words of knowledge. He can give you whatever he wants to give you, but you, are you close enough? Are you in the close enough proximity to hear what he's saying? And all the gifts. And so this is the last thing. Ready? I always end on this note. That you surrender everything. Because you can go to him and be really hungry in zeal, in human zeal, you can really push in, and we, you know, a lot, a lot of what we think is prayer is just zealous action, movement. I'm just going to say that, okay? Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes, hey, I'll, pay, I'll, I'll wear rugs out and scream and holler. But is it the Lord? Sometimes I just want to wait. So our devotion to Jesus is the most important thing, but that only comes at the end. Bottom line is that I'm submitted to God. Because if I'm not submitted to the will of the Father, right, just like we read in, in Hebrews, because what happened? He, the Lord had to, he's crying out with, with powerful prayers and cries. Why? Because he's about to be crucified. And in Gethsemane, we see he just comes to that spot where he's being, he's been, he's about to be taken. And he knows what's, guess what? Jesus probably saw it all before it happened. Where did he see it? He saw it in the place of intercession. And he was like, no. And he knew the cross was at the end. And so it's like this, by his sufferings, he learned obedience. I know we don't like that in Christian jargon, but it's all right. We have to learn to just, because some of you, some of you in this room have been through a lot of pain. Some of you have been through a lot of things. And I believe this, I believe that there's a grace that comes on your life to be able to walk things out with the Lord that you've never thought Listen, this is a season where God is coming in such a powerful way that we have to just wait, allow him to come in, and submit everything to him. I give you everything. And I believe, I just go back to those things where the Holy Spirit began to open up
his nature to me. And I can't, I can tell you this. The Spirit of God is wanting us to submit ourselves completely so that his divine nature is made perfect inside of us. I believe that. So maybe you guys help me now. Psalms 42, and I'm just going to... Psalms 42 as a deer. Psalms 42 in verse 1. As the deer pants for the water, the brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? <laughs> it goes on to say, when, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul with me. For I used to go with the multitudes. And I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude kept, that, kept a pilgrim feast. seven. Deep calls unto deep. At the noise of your waterfalls, all your waves billow. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. And so I just want to just, Holy Spirit, we just thank you. I'm asking that you just overtake this place with your hunger and your thirst. Lord, we ask right now that you just release this fresh posture for prayer. Lord, that we just become living stones. We become those earthen vessels that are just filled the water of your presence. Jesus, tonight, would you just come and drop desire in our hearts? We're just going to lift our hands and ask him. Just lift your hands and ask the Lord. Lord, I want deep, I'm asking for deep desire. I'm asking for the, for the water brooks. Lord, would you make me thirsty like the deer, the pants? Would you overtake me with the waves of your presence? Would you show me the way, God? And so God, tonight we're, we're going to be that place that, that partners just, just comes beside you, Lord.
and we learn to pray with you, Lord. Lord, we learn to go into supernatural dimensions because we pray with the, the living Savior. 